The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hi, I'm Rebecca Lowe, host of NBC's coverage of the Premier League. Welcome along to the latest edition of the Premier League on NBC podcast, where you can get the latest can't-miss content from NBC's coverage of one of the best leagues in the world. Plus, be sure to tune in on weekends at 7 a.m. Eastern for Premier League mornings on NBCSN. But for now, we hope you enjoy the latest edition of the Premier League on NBC podcast. So Jose Mourinho came into Spurs in November. They were 14th. They're now sitting 8th. One clean sheet in 14 in all competitions. They've lost their last two in the Premier League. They've not lost three in the Premier League on the spin in over seven years. Mm. Can we judge him yet? Uh, uh, not, not really judge him. I think I can say that I'm a little disappointed. Um, I thought there'd be more of a sustained improvement and a push up the league. That's been not as good as I thought. But I don't think you can judge him on his job yet, Rebecca. I think you've got to give him into next season. I think it's always interesting to think back at the start. And he did say it's a very good squad. He's very happy that they're going to really challenge for next season. We know that the facilities of this football club are fantastic. There's no reason where he, why he can't be successful. But coming in mid-season, and I think we realise now that there is some trouble with the squad, we, the players are unsettled, um, it wants a reshuffling... He's going to have January. He's going to have the summer. He'll have a full pre-season. Next season is when you can define him. And, and, and talking of that, just in the bigger picture with this guy, I think we're going to... Well, I'm going to really judge this guy and, in, in, with this job. It, it can define him as a manager in England. If he, if he doesn't get this right, then I think I will think, you know what, he was great and did some great stuff, but he, was he really a great manager? Because he's got everything at Spurs to do that. Mm. So I think that's going to be definitive, this job. But we're talking 12 months down the road before we can start to say, wow, he's got it back on track. Interesting. Um, Too early to judge? Yeah, a little bit too early. And when I think of Jose Mourinho, Rebecca, I think about the it factor. He knows what it is. He knows what he wants. And he can't get it with this group of players. And the it factor is the clean sheets. It's a defensive structure. It's the throwing your bodies in in front of the ball to stop the ball going in. It's the parking the bus, knowing no one's going to tow that bus away. When Jose Mourinho has that in his size, he's successful. He'll win. He'll find a way at scoring goals and winning games. But is that going to be okay for the Spurs fans? Is that going to be okay for the Spurs players? We don't know. But as Robbie says, give him a couple of windows. Give him a summer where he can embed those traits and those habits in the players. Then we'll be able to judge whether he's going to be successful think, or not. Do you think, Rob, like, do you, are you certain that he's going to go to a defensive structure? Yeah. Is there an yeah. indication that, you know what, he's going to try and play? He's going to try mm. and play his way to success that we've never seen before? That's just a ri- for me, that's a risk. Jose Mourinho will, will, will go to type. He'll eventually I, I, want I, I, that I defensive so. structure where he knows, I've got a clean sheet. Mm. Then he'll work on how he's going to win games. At the moment, he goes into games, and I think his fingers crossed yeah. whether I'm going to keep clean sheets or not, and that's his issue. So it ended a point apiece. Robbie Earl, mm. fair result? Yeah, in the end, I would say a fair result. I just think from Spurs' point of view, Rebecca, for Spurs fans, that might be the Spurs' version under Jose Mourinho. Defending better, not great at attacking threats, 
but a clean sheet only his second clean sheet since he's taken the football club. And listen, you, you're missing Harry Kane, your main striker up front. There wasn't a lot of great play in the attacking third, but he will take the clean sheet as, as something that gives him a platform to build off. Yeah, but he needed to thank his goalkeeper. With the save. Obviously, he gets so, a bit of luck with the save. Got a little bit of luck with he that. gets a clean sheet, though. He got a him. clean sheet, mm. but there was a penalty, there was other chances that Watford had. I mean, they could have won the game as well. It was one of those games yeah. where neither side took advantage of some good opportunities. And yeah, maybe that's how Spurs are. It was never going to be an easy game for Spurs in this one, Rebecca, because Watford have fired up. We thought they'd be aggressive with Spurs. Spurs played generally pretty well. It's just the way they are right now. They gave up some chances and they, didn't, they weren't as threatening in the final third as you expect, but that's kind of Spurs in this kind of almost transitional state right now. Isn't that the tilt that Mourinho will give, that maybe not as good attacking, but will we'll keep a clean sheet? I, I, yeah, but yeah, I, I don't give them that much credit for a clean sheet when the goalkeeper had to make a save on a penalty. Well, when we go back to the facts, clean yeah, it's sheet. a clean sheet. Yeah. Yeah. So Are they desperate for a striker in this window, Spurs? They've, they've done without Harry Kane before. He's been injured before and the, and the results have been good. Yeah, they need a striker because they've only got Harry Kane really at the football club. And they've had others that have come in and haven't done a great job. But he won't be going desperate to try and get somebody. January's a difficult window and there are other players there that can play up front. Robbie Musso, you were watching mm. the Arsenal game against yeah. Sheffield United. I'd be so disappointed. Well, they will be because I thought that the second half was better performance. The young players look bright. Um, some of the other all the senior players didn't play particularly well, but Sheffield United get benefit for staying in the game. Just 1-0, John Fleck with a brilliant technique, the ball, I think there's a slight deflection goes into the top corner. But Arsenal were never really good enough or dominant enough to put the game away. And that's where they're at right now. They're, they're not a very good team. They're, more well, uh, they're better organised, of course, under the new manager. But still, certain players are not really playing at an Arsenal level, really. Massive game at the bottom. Norwich beat mm. Bournemouth by a goal to nil. Both ended up with ten men. We yeah. saw a referee cross <laughs> to the side of the pitch to consult the pitch side monitor. Mm. We saw a defender being a goalkeeper. I mean, it had everything. <laughs> it had everything, but the most important thing from Norwich's point of view is it had three points. They've closed the gap now on Bournemouth to, to, to three points. Bournemouth are in real trouble, Rebecca. I know Steve Cook makes a handball that... They, Gives a penalty kick, he goes off, he's going to miss games. His team have, have lost three points, and at the moment, Bournemouth are going one way quickly, and that's to the Championship. From Chelsea's perspective, when that goal went in, Robbie, you said yeah. that's what Chelsea have to learn. Just yeah. explain to us what you mean by that. That on not great days, away from home, difficult circumstances, and you're trying and trying, but things aren't going right, take your point, learn a lesson, and go home. Now Frank Lampard will be getting into those players, and quite rightly, because they've dominated the football. Newcastle have sat back and said, come on, can you break us down? They weren't good enough to do that. And then they've let the concentration go in the last minute of the game to throw three points away. And, and I was looking, Brighton was a draw, Southampton and Bournemouth defeats for, for Chelsea now. Those are the kind of teams that they're letting themselves down on, and that's why they're going to be challenged for that top four spot. Why do you think Chelsea are slightly off track? Not enough drive. Not enough drive. I, see, I, I disagree in a little bit about they should just say, it didn't work out today, we'll take a draw, keep it strong. I think they could have done more to win the game. I didn't see them driving to be determined to win the game. The last 10 minutes, I look at Chelsea and it's quicker football, they, you know, getting balls into the box. There's more urgency to win the game. I think that was lacking, sadly. If there's one thing, and I made the notes before the goal went in, I think Frank Lampard would be really frustrated that his team didn't drive at the game, go for the game. Just cruising through and lots of time wasted, just keeping possession, not doing enough, Rob, to, to make things happen. Well, part of football, Rob, and part of the, I always believed in the teams we played in, if we're not going to win a game, if, we're, if nothing's going good, let's take a point and we'll move on. 
back to Arla White and Graham Lasso. It took quite a while to get going, I think it's fair to say, that game. Mm. But, gentlemen, just try, <laughs> if you can, and explain what it feels like to be surrounded when St James's Park explodes with that kind of passion yeah. in that moment. Only took 93 minutes to get going. But then this place, when it's full with 52,000 people in it, and Newcastle produce a moment like that, you know, it, it, we have to impress upon people in the United States just how big a deal Newcastle United are in this city. This ground is known as the Cathedral on the Hill, and they march up the hill in expectation. They just want to be entertained. They want moments like that. You've been invited out on it for a night on the two well, by a bunch of guys. And they knew I wasn't going to buy them a drink. Yeah, and then they sort then of they disappeared, didn't anyway, they? Yeah. So the place went mad at the end. Rebecca has talked about the statistics. That's why football's such an odd game, isn't it? A unique game. <laughs> well, it is, and I think they didn't have a lot to cheer about for most of the game. You know, they're very, very defensively disciplined. And if you combine Newcastle's passes for both the first and second half, that wasn't the same as Chelsea's passes for either half. Mm. So double the passes that Chelsea had in each half. But it just goes to show that if you have a game plan and you, you base uh, your, your plan on a very solid defence, you know, you, you get a chance. And um, they'll be delighted, the, the Newcastle fans. But I think ultimately, you know, there's a point where once you're safe, you've got to start to look at how you can create more positivity and, and more opportunity for your, for your players and your team. 29 points, seven clear of the bottom three. Mm. Are they safe? No, not yet. No, no. He will not want them to feel that they're, they've even got one foot in the Premier League, let alone two at this stage. You've got, you've got to get to 40 points um, as, as any team um, just to make sure that you're, you're comfortable. Rebecca, as much as we'd like a night out on the tune, we have a big game tomorrow. So we're off to Liverpool for Liverpool against Manchester United. We'll be joined by Lee Dixon for that. Can't wait. Talk to you tomorrow. We have to start with a humongous game at Anfield. <laughs> I'm not shy about saying that because everyone loves yeah. Liverpool against Manchester United. My first question, Robbie Musto, I'll start with you. Marcus Rashford, as I said at the top of the show, is an injury doubt with a back mm -hmm. problem. With Marcus Rashford playing and without Marcus Rashford playing, what are Manchester United's chances of ending this unbeaten run? Wow. Um, with Marcus Rashford, um, they're OK. They've got a good chance of ending the run. Without him a really slim chance of it. I think it's that important. Now, we know that with this game is so colossal. We know that the way the game's going to go with the energy and the passion, etc., etc. It, it kind of makes it a tight affair. And when you've got Marcus Rashford, he's something different to that. He's somebody that can totally run in behind with the pace that he's got. It's probably going to be most on the counter-attack uh, for Manchester United at Anfield. And without him, I mean, that's going to be a blow. Of all the things this season for United, he has been the one shining light, the real positive of United's season under Solskjaer, that his development has, has been such that his game now is at a whole different level in terms of assists and goals. He, if not playing, is a massive blow to United. It's a difficult decision for Solskjaer as well, because yeah. of course they still want to win the Europa League, they want yeah. to win the FA Cup, so mm -hmm. they want him fit, and apparently yeah. he's been carrying this back injury for a while. Yeah. In isolation as a league game, this isn't that important to Manchester United no. in terms of winning the league like it is Liverpool, but they also don't want to lose it because yeah. it's against Liverpool. So for you, the importance of Rashford and Manchester United's chance? is huge, and I think if there's a chance, Rebecca, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer will play him. I think it is a, huge, a big game for Manchester United. I know about the Europa Cup, I know, I know about the FA Cup, but this game for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and Manchester United could be a, a, a platform to kick on again. Because Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is not totally securing his job as Manchester United manager. Manchester United, in the first game against Liverpool, were trying to stop Liverpool winning the title. 
This time, they're trying to delay Liverpool winning title because Liverpool are going to do it. Manchester United can get a little bit of their pride, a little bit of their belief, a little bit of their kind of response back to to saying, we're a decent team, we're still Manchester United. And let's not forget, nearly 12 months ago, Liverpool beat Manchester United 3-1. Jose Mourinho got the sack after that game. So this game matters. And they're still going after top four. Good mm-hmm. point. Yeah, you're a good point. The emotion of the game. Jurgen Klopp is an emotional man, but his record against United has not been great. Often he's admitted to letting the occasion get to him. How crucial that that doesn't happen today. Well, do you know what? It's a fascinating point because there's a fine line of being ready for this game because you, don't, you can't ease off it too much, Rebecca. You can't. And the, the natural atmosphere there will, will drive the players to a certain point. But you're right. He can't go too far and get those players too wound up. But again, you, you don't want them. It is a massive game, but they have got to control their emotions. Absolutely. He's been brilliant to that, Rebecca. You know, we had a conversation, I think at the start of the season, and I said, the emotion at Liverpool might be something that, that just slightly holds them back, you know, as they get down the run and, and the cop and, and outside the ground. He's done a brilliant job at keeping it emotionless for Liverpool. This game's like Sheffield United at home a couple of weeks ago. Mm. Like, let Spurs away last week. It's another game. It's another performance. It's another win. It's, it's bigger for Manchester United than it is for Liverpool. For Liverpool Football Club, in the manner and the way that this manager's got them, it's another 90-minute Premier League game. Oh, it's Man United. I'll bring it on. Eddie Howe and Bournemouth, how are you looking at this now? That he's got to do something different, Rebecca. His press conference before this game, he said, I've been focusing on improving performance and and results like I do every single weekend. But show us it then. Something's got to be different, and this is different for them. They're normally a little bit away from the relegation zone. They can play their football, which is often heavy defeats, but they've got their wins. They haven't got their wins. And now he's got the dilemma of, Mm. do I play a lot more defensively, like a Newcastle United, to try and grind results? Or does he stick... Which is not him, is it? Which is not him, or stick to his style of trying to play and and, and win games that way. What do you think he should do? Change? I think he should change. Eddie Howe's got to turn into Sam Allardyce. Forget the football, Rebecca. It's about results now. It's about getting the ball in the opposition's box. It's not about playing out the back and giving the opposition chances. They have two games coming up. Brighton and Aston Villa. Mm. If, if they don't win those two games, I'm telling you now, alarm bells, they are heading to the championship. Do you think he will change, though? No. My, my concern is Eddie Howe is wedded to the football style that he loves and enjoys and has been brilliant for him. And unfortunately, I think that could be his demise. Yes, the year brings us some fantastic memories. The boot room, though, we are going to talk only about Manchester United and the path on which Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is taking them down currently. Robbie Musto, it is 13 months ago today that he came in, first of all, as caretaker manager Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Has there been any progress? I think there's been progress in some of the younger players. I think that would be the positive. Uh, I think the signings that he's made recently have done well. Aaron Bas- um, Wan-Pasaka's done a very good job. Maguire's been was expensive, but he's been solid back there. Uh, and Dan James. Um, but Marcus Rashford would be the one player that's really improved. And you've got to give the manager credit for that. I mean, we, we aren't seeing this kind of numbers, production, confidence with Marcus Rashford. We talked many times about his body language. He was frustrated. He has gone to a whole new level. Um, <clears throat> I'd like to see more progression in terms of the way that they play. I don't think we have. It's very much a counter-attacking side. 
and I guess that's okay. But longer term, United fans will want to see them dictating the play a little bit more and being more creative. So not a ton of improvement, Rebecca, but some improvement, particularly with the young players and, and gelling them on. Brandon Williams, another player yeah. that has come into the team and done Mason well at left back. Mason Greenwood. And Mason Greenwood as well, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I get that. Definitely yeah. some progress yeah, in that yeah. area. Progress, what about in terms of closer to a trophy? Good question. Uh, progress is interesting. Whenever you hear Ole Gunnar Solskjaer talk, he talks about the plan. I'm a little concerned of what that plan is, about how you say seven years since they last won a title. I don't see one in the next two or three, so we're getting to ten years without a title. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is one year into his reign at Manchester United. I know it's a transition, I know it's a difficult time, but the comparison they won't like is Jurgen Klopp going in at Liverpool four years ago, just over four years, Liverpool were 10th in the Premier League. That season he took over, which was half a season, they finished 8th. There was a plan in place. Four years later, Rebecca, they've won the title and they're going to win the Premier League. So in terms of the plan, in terms of where they are and what Ollie's done, it's a year wasted in some respect because I don't think that much has been done. We still don't know how this team's going to play, what the setup is. You know, who the, who the, who the players are. It, it changes so often. I get there's a transition, but I'm not sure there's a total plan in place. And it goes to a director of football who should be sitting down with a the manager. They should be working out the football element in that, fo- in that club. But you talk about a plan. My yeah. goodness. In terms of re- the differences in those plans then, the recruitment of Liverpool for many years has been amazing, fantastic, to get them to the squad that they've got right Many now. Many years, or are you talking before? To, to, no, I'm talking Just in since recent Klopp. seasons. Yeah, since Klopp before, took yeah, over, but that's the what seasons saying, have been, yeah. the, So the exactly. signings have been great, which we'll get onto about recruitment, yeah. but also the man himself. Correct. Are we expecting Oligan and Solskjaer well, to be able to, to oversee and manage that sort of progression well, well, from a, where he's come from well, as a manager a massive, compared to Klopp? There's a massive question. Is Oligan and Solskjaer the right man you tell to me? see the plan? No. So what Absolutely do do? not. What do they do? Go and get Pochettino. When? In the summer. He builds a plan. He gets you going. He builds something that even in four years' time will be ready to go to challenge for titles. You know that he's got the potential to do it, Rebecca. We have no idea about Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. There's no track record. There's no success behind him. There's uh, nowhere near that. Managing top players, uh, playing great football, there just isn't. So... It, it, this is all very good, and there's some improvement. The young player's looking good, and I get the plan, and I understand that. But really, isn't it at the back of every Man United fan's mind that is he, can he really do yeah. it? Can he bring a guy to bring us to greatness again yeah. or anywhere yeah. near it? Well, there are reports that um, Richard Pochettino cannot take a job mm. until the end of the season mm. because that was written into when he was fired. It was yeah. written into that situation. So were he to come in to Old Trafford this summer, do you think he would stipulate that he needs a director of football? Because United are mm. basically the only club without one across Europe. Mm. Mm. Um, funny, because I'm not sure he would stipulate that, Rebecca, because he'd get more power. And, and maybe he feels that with his experience and what he's done in the game that he deserves to have the power to sign players. They should absolutely get a director of football. Many other clubs, big clubs around Europe, even smaller clubs in the Premier League, and others probably have got director of football. Uh, and when you talk about a plan, that's their plan, is that Ed Woodward, with their scouting team, is good enough to find the right players and to manage them in terms of contracts, etc., to bring them to the club. I don't think the structure is good enough. Right now, Manchester United are getting further away from Manchester City and Liverpool. Part of the conditions of Pochettino getting the job is that he 
gets a director of football, somebody who he wants to work with, somebody who he trusts, somebody who he believes in, and that is a football structure mm. that should go into that football club. Let's take a little look at the money spent over recent seasons by Manchester United. And when you look at this, the huge amount of mm. figures spent, as you mentioned, Harry Maguire, 97 million. One of the interesting things is that if you look at the Liverpool team, they've all seemed to be maturing at the same time. There seems to be an age gap at Manchester United. You have the youngsters, and then you have a bit of a gap, pretty much, mm. and then you get some of the older players. If Pochettino Robin Musto does come in, how do you see that graphic changing in terms of the, the type of player that he needs to rebuild this club? I don't think it's going to be star names. There's a lot of star names on that list that haven't worked out for a variety of reasons. A lot of them didn't, don't, didn't and don't want to stay at the football club, which is a concern. So I don't, wouldn't expect mm. big star names to come in. They need some spectacular signings. And you can talk about a plan, we can talk about Pochettino, but, but the, the, the best teams right now, City and Liverpool, yes, they spent a lot of money, but they've spent some really good money and players that have, have been gr- good players to great players. Sadio Mane, uh, Mo Salas, a couple of players that you can think of, and developing their own. We know that he will do that Pochettino. Well, Pochettino signed Mane at... Yeah. Southampton. Yeah. yeah. So he's, yeah. he's got good eyes for talent. So that's what they need. They've got to have some spectacular signings that work, and that right. is not easy to get. Right. You, you've got to get signings who go into your first 11 and make you better. Not signings who will be on the bench, not signings who fill out your squad, signings who make you better, like Alisson did at Liverpool, like Van Dyke did, did uh, at Liverpool. But you can't keep and, buying the, the, the superstar end product guy for the fortunes. You know, there's only a limit amount, even yeah, for United. So, so you're going to the next category yeah, down and that you're going to key. develop. And development is why, I go back to Pochettino again, yeah. he's developed some of the best talents we've seen in English football. Ultimately, am I right in saying that recruitment is the most important part yes. of any football club? Yes, 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 and yes again. Recruitment of recruitment. the squad of players and the coach. Recruitment the two, that's the two and parts. results. Results, Rebecca. But results you, come from good recruitment. Good, good, and a good manager. Yeah, the man, if you get a great squad of players, great recruitment and a great coach that can organise them, cajole them, can motivate them, then you're onto something. Just finally, from your gut instinct, do you think they will fire Solskjaer in the summer and go for Poch? I do. I yeah. do. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're still in a not bad spot for the top four. They're in a race mm-hmm. for the top four. If they get into the top four, then, then probably not. Yeah, yeah. But if they don't get in the top four, and he's still available, by the way, then they've, they've got to get him. When top players, young players, are turning down Manchester United... Mm. something's wrong and something has to change and that will be the manager who's running. OK, interesting. Got to correct myself. It was Ronald Koeman, apparently, who signed Sadio Mane, not Maurizio Pochettino. I'm giving Pochettino He's far too much credit there. I just delved into my own archives <laughs> and found that out. That was the Manchester United boot room this weekend ahead of the game. Robbie Earl, how mm. has he constructed this Liverpool team? What has been the policy to create this squad that they've now got, which is virtually without weakness? That... There's an enormous amount of talent in each department. He, he built from the back, g- going backwards, so he put the, the front line in, in, in place, the midfield came behind it, then he got Van Dijk and he got Allison. So he got the, the key pieces in place. It's all underpinned, Rebecca, by an unbelievable work rate. And, and when I say that, I'm trying to think of a team with as much ability to work as hard as Liverpool Football Club. Chris Wilder, a couple of weeks ago, said his Sheffield United team went to Anfield and when Mo Salah, when when Roberto Firmino, when Sadio Mane, when players like that are working as hard as they are and they're superstars, that's what makes them different. That's what constructs this team very, very different from others. And the other thing I would say is they've never been reliant on one of those units. So the attack hasn't been 
quite as sparkling as, the, as in the past. But they've got through. The midfield had a spell when they weren't scoring goals. They've chipped in. The defence weren't keeping clean sheets for a little while, but they managed to find a way. So the, the reliance on getting the, the, the whole part of, of everything right is what's made them a different team. How would you sum up the policy? I agree with a lot of that. I think that the built from front to back is interesting. Big decisions that they got right, and they took their time over getting right. Philippe Coutinho was a star player, nurtured, improved, developed by Jurgen Klopp, and it was painful, it, it was it seeming at the time, to let him go. Took a little bit of time, got a huge fee, and rebuilt the final piece of the jigsaw puzzle. Virgil van Dijk and Alisson, the goalkeeper. So, uh, you know, van Dijk as well, just on that, they had to wait, didn't they? They wanted him in the summer, was yeah, it? Yeah, and they had to wait till the January, and didn't buy anybody else. I actually remember maybe me, saying maybe they should have got somebody else. They didn't. They waited for Van Dyke, and we're seeing the benefits now. All that underpinned, when you said magnificent uh, work ethic, yeah. I thought you were going to say magnificent manager because you can get the signings, Rebecca, but the development of Trent Alexander-Arnold, mm-hmm. the motivation of the group to be as wor- strong work ethic as what they've got comes from him. For keeping players happy on the bench that haven't been playing... Mm-hmm. you've got to think that they know something special is happening, so they're Mm. totally in with the project. But the manager and the recruitment of this club is the reason why they're back on their perch, almost. Okay, (laughs) We know that they're on pace to break virtually every Premier League record, Robin Musto. So, if they do that, how good, how special is this team? Wow, really, really special. I mean, we're seeing things, I mean, we talked about this for Manchester City. Man City may be another reason that pushed them to reach this high level. We're seeing things now, Rob, that mm. we've never seen before. 20-odd wins out of 21. I mean, it's, it's stunning, the numbers on pace for 110 yeah. points, is it? Mm-hmm. I mean, if we see that, then we're into a whole new category. Remarkable stuff. Rex, this is new territory, and, and I wrote a note, and I thought, I want to make sure I, I say this tomorrow. This is what could happen. They could match the treble of Manchester United, Champions League, Premier League, FA Cup. They could match the invincible season of Arsenal. They could match or better the 100 points of Manchester City. All that is still open to to Liverpool right where they are. So we're talking about new ground, new territory in in a football club that in just over four years has been built by Jurgen Klopp. If they did that, they would have to go down as the greatest team of all time. Yes, Everything. But yet, are you Nothing else they can do. we were talking about Man City being the greatest team of all time. It feels like the standards seem to get higher. It's like, it's like Ronaldo and Messi. Yeah. Being around with this era of those two yeah. players, Who's better? all yeah. of a sudden, you know, like, and, and Arsenal's and Chelsea and Spurs and Man United's look way away. That's kind of more than normal. These two have been incredibly uh, dominant. But Man City set this benchmark, this level, and it looks like Liverpool look like mm. they're going to take it on. And we didn't think in a different we'd ever way. See. Yeah, yeah, in a different, different way. way. Yeah, we didn't think we'd ever see that. If you look at the stats, this is as perfect a football team <laughs> as the English game's ever seen, is oh, it not? Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's you... remarkable what they're doing, Rebecca, and, and the habit they're in right now. Was it a perfect game for Liverpool? No, it wasn't. Was it more open and, and a little bit, you know, both teams should have scored more goals. Both teams missed chances. Both teams forwards Never turned up until Mo Salah did that at the end there with the, the Allison uh, drop kick. Just a remarkable game of football. More about Liverpool's durability. More about today. Wasn't about the fullbacks. Wasn't about Roberto Firmino. We did all the breakdowns beforehand. Mm-hmm. And those players didn't really have a massive impact. More about the midfield players. The ones we don't talk about so often, maybe. The Hendersons, the Wijnaldums and Oxley chamberlains Their work ethic. And Mo Salah, when you think... Didn't have much of a game. He's strong enough, quick enough, fit enough to score at the end to put the game to bed. But I tell you what, it was an entertaining game. And, and United did a better job than I expected, given the players they had out. 
Do you think that result, less so the performance, but mm. that result, as we heard yeah. at Anfield yeah. there, has now <sighs> calmed some of those Liverpool fans who have yeah. never wanted to yeah. even wish this might happen? Exactly. Liverpool are doing it in a way, Rebecca, that we haven't seen before, that there's breaking records. But they're doing it with an unbreakable spirit. There's something about this group, the work rate, the, the working for each other, the, the Mane chasing back, the Salah chasing back and doing what they have to do to win games. And from Liverpool's point of view, what I've loved about Jurgen Klopp is it's just another game. Just like Spurs was another game. Sheffield United was just another game. All these games that Liverpool play are bigger for the opposition than they are for Liverpool because Liverpool just go into a game with the right... Attitude, they, we know these ability, we, we, we know these goals, but when, when you bring that workmanlike attitude to that ability, it's irresistible. And it's, from Liverpool's point of view, it's next. Who's next? Wolves. I'm like, that's, the ne- that's the next job we've got. 90 minutes against Wolverhampton Wonders is all we're going to worry about. Mm. Clearly, Robbie, from a, a quality point of view, from a playing point of view, winning every game but one in a season, which is what Liverpool have done so far, is so, so hard. Yeah. But the attitude and the mentality Robbie L talked about there, how do you do that mentally, go into every game and win it. Well, and that's the key. And I love it. And I love the fact we're talking about it because so often it's not talked about, Rebecca. We talk about the flair and the skill and these amazing players and the assisting and goals and everything else. But it is about mentality. And most champion teams are are, are mentally fantastic. You know, United's team of the 90s, mentally very, very strong. They've got it. It comes from the manager, of course. It comes from the manager. Not every player had that inbuilt in them. Good attitudes, good signings, good solid signings, but he's brought a, so, a mentality level to so it. So tell me how you bring a mentality. Well, through, how, his, how, how through, does the through man management himself, through his, through his team talks, through his training sessions. Right. You know, we understand that training is done like a game. It's that intense, it's that fast, it's that energetic. And that mentality goes into games where the habit becomes strong, on top of various leaders in the dressing room that mm. make sure that that mentality and that honestness and uh, workmanlike stays every single game and that's really their key strength. Pillars in your dressing room, we've talked about them before, Van Dijk, Henderson, Milner, great people in your dressing room, Rebecca. But I go back to last week, Lo Celso had a chance in the last minute for Tottenham Hotspur, the game was 1-0 and Jurgen Klopp went crazy, absolutely crazy on the touchline to to Van Dijk, to to Gomez, to to, to, uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold he demands so much of them that every week, every little detail is so important. So when I've got to pick a man up under Jurgen Klopp, I'm not going to let you go. If you're Virgil van Dijk and you're running against me, tell, you're going to have to run through me to get your head to the ball. Can you put towards that elation, that emotion at the end when Mo scored? Oh, my big relief, uh, big relief. I was really happy with... 85, 90% of the game was brilliant. What we played here tonight um, dominated the game. Um, we, especially in the first half already, but then it was always like first half, the last 10 minutes, I didn't like too much. But I learned to take it because the, the, the energy level the boys put on the pitch is incredible. So, And um, I would say. On a completely normal day, we would have scored in the first half already two or three times. We scored three times, but they were disallowed. It's okay. Um, and then, especially after half time, when we came out, we, we, we can decide the game in that period. Until 60, 65 minutes, we should have been up much um, more clear. And um, yeah, and then, of course, it's like it is. Um, United has obviously quality, and then. Um, 
put a bit under not under pressure, but they played a bit more football, and then we had to defend and um, made here or there little mistakes. Um, didn't use our possession well enough, um, and so the game stays open. That's how it is with one nil. And then he scored that wonderful, wonderful goal, and the 2 0 um, was a very good feeling. There was only moments to go, so when Alston's got the ball, are you thinking, keep it or throw it? No, no, no. The, the things like this is, are clear. So when, when Mo was completely alone, so you have to, you have to try it, and it was a wonderful assist. The more the game on went on, were you thinking, for whatever reason, my front three, they just don't score against Manchester United. They had several chances. Bobby Firmino scores, the goal is disallowed. You must think this is all some sort of curse. No, I don't even know. You, you tell me now they don't score against United. I didn't know before. I don't think about things like this. So that there's no, no, there's nothing to do with the opponent. The boy, all three up front, all of the boys tonight played an exceptional game. Yeah, but the defending of the front three is, is outstanding. Situation of the of the game for me was when Mo was in our own box and uh, and defended there. The only problem was he passed the ball to to a Man United player, but um, he closed the, the the wide wing, which is very important for us in situations like this. We defend our life, and um, so everybody has to be involved. And um, that was great. Um, I said all the boys, what a performance um, again um, against uh, an opponent with the quality of United and the setup of United. So it was about. I think Ola will say the same. They want to. Um, um, annoy us, they want to um, distract our game, they want to um, defend, they want to counter-attack and stuff like this. They had moments when they played football, but it um, uh, was not too often, but in all the other moments it's just difficult against them to, 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 to create chances, but we did it, wow. I mean, the, the manner we created chances was really exceptional, it was really the next step tonight. Does it give you extra satisfaction when you score from a clever set piece? <laughs> so I have to say thank you to Peter Kravitz um, and our analysts um, because they they um, put so much effort in these in these set pieces. And yesterday we had a discussion after the training because I thought it's um, six player in the box. Um, Hendo was involved as well, and then protection by Oxley Chamberlain and Mo Salah. I was. I thought we should discuss it once again, and then we did it. And at the end, we stayed. We stayed with what the boys um, 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 told me, and um, so. And then in the end, we, it was clear the first post area um, that we want to come there. But we had Hendo was completely free in the second post area. If the ball is a bit higher, then he could have scored maybe. But so I take it like it is. You've been absolutely consistent in all your interviews. You've said, "Look, we've done nothing. We've won nothing. We've achieved nothing. I'm not interested in records or anything like that." How much harder will that be for you now to keep a lid on it? You heard the crowd today. We're going to win the league. <laughs> oh, they can sing that, they, but um, they sang that a couple of times in the past, I think. <laughs> um, that's absolutely no problem. That's always like it is. Um, everybody should celebrate a situation, apart from us. So that's easy as that. And have no, we have no problem with that. So it's just nothing changed. Um, we have exactly the same situation plus three points than before the game, which is great, wonderful, unbelievable, um, but nothing else changed. So I tell you immediately in the moment when it feels different. So far it feels exactly the same always. So you don't feel it's another game gone, 16-point lead. Is that not an unassailable lead? I, I have no idea, to be honest, if, it's, um, if, it's, if we are to catch or not or whatever, I don't care. Um, it's, uh, first and foremost, it's a Premier League, so and if you, in the Premier League, we play on Thursday Wolves, 
They played an exceptional, they had an exceptional comeback last night. Then they had not the results they wanted, but they, they caused us here a lot of problems. They would have caused their problems. So it's the next massive challenge we face. And why should I think about more than that? I, I, I'm not smart enough to do that, to be honest. I'm not enough space in my brain to, to think about different things. So we will prepare moves, try our best, and then we will see. Thank you, Jürgen. Well welcome. Great stuff. Not enough space in his brain to think about anything other than Wolves on Thursday. Won't be easy, of course, going to Molyneux, but everything, they're just casting aside anything that's laid before them. Back to Arlo Lee and Graham at Anfield. Rebecca, this is dominance of the English top flight, the like of which we've never seen before. One draw in 22 games, the rest of them victories. And the sense, as Jeff said there, that they're singing, finally, we're going to win the league, which means that Liverpool fans, after 30 years, now believe this is going to happen. Um, how good were they today? And were they were thoroughly deserving of those points in the end, were they? Oh, they absolutely were. As Jürgen said there, the amount of chances they created, they should have put the game to bed, especially in that 10-minute wave in the second half mm. where United just didn't know what hit them. They were poor United at the start of the second half. But my goodness, Liverpool just had such high energy, the determination. And the focus is... is clear for everyone to see and you think they've gone on a run they've gone on this run for two seasons well a season and a half and there's no doubt it's going to continue it'll be two seasons by the end of it where they'd have just absolutely you know cleared cleaned up I think in terms of uh, their quality and consistency yeah I think the difference now is that we're not surprised that they go out every week and, and churn out results like that churn out's the wrong word but to keep winning and keep winning and keep winning is very difficult in this league you think you heard Henderson say how difficult it is Mo Salah how difficult the games are and, and it is because it's a, it's, a, it's a brutal league and you've got to keep churning it out from, not only for, on the weekends but Monday to Friday you've got to keep the training up you've got to keep everybody happy you've got to keep a squad fit you've got all those things but I think now people are going you know this Liverpool side are not going to bottle they're not going to lose this league we mm. said that before the game let alone after it they're just relentless and every part of their team is functioning at the highest level Manchester United in many ways a desperate day for them losing to Liverpool is is pretty bad but then the news came through during the game that Marcus Rashford will be missing for two or three po- uh, months they're five points short of, of the top four can they get into that top four I don't know. I think there's the lack of consistency from teams like Chelsea as well, you know, losing yesterday. Um, you know, they're, they're, there's, I, think, I think they've got a chance based on the fact that other teams are finding it hard to, to sort of get that consistent run that they need. Um, but there were some bright bits of United's. I thought Martial played well. I thought the tactics had a chance, but just the lack of quality yeah. throughout the team. Is, is The standard has dropped so much, hasn't it? Yeah, not for me. I don't see them. I think mm. we've rushed it out. I think the main threat's gone. They've got players who can... Who can deputised but I think that they're so far off the old Manchester United what we're used to and it's, it's a rebuilding process It is still January, maybe a big signing on the way mm-hmm. to cover for Rashford we will wait and see, the three of us, Rebecca will be back at Stamford Bridge on Tuesday for Chelsea against Arsenal, we'll see you then Brilliant stuff, gentlemen, thank you very much indeed You're hearing there from Jurgen Klopp, Robbie Earl yeah. saying he hasn't got any more space in his brain <laughs> other than yeah. thinking about yeah. the Wolves game Do you believe him or do you think I'm not saying he's lying but yeah. do you think he, he is thinking, Ed, he, he is celebrating inwardly, but he can't, obviously, PR-wise, he certainly yeah. can't say it. I think the latter. I, I think he'd be inhuman, Rebecca, to not be enjoying what's happening in this football club. But every day he walks into that football club, every day he addresses those players. Jordan Henderson said it, the manager's pushing them. He's making sure they want to be better. He's making sure the only thing they concentrate on is the next 90 game. And I said it earlier, it's like, what's the next game? OK, 
It's Wolves. We'll find a way to deal with Wolves. Wolves will be three at the back, maybe four midfield, two of them. OK, we'll work on that. We'll deal with that. Whatever's been thrown at them this season, Rebecca, this team have found a way. Ollie, what did you make of the result and your team's performance? Of course, you're never happy when you lose a game. Uh, first goal, disappointing to concede a goal from a set piece. We don't deal with that well enough. Then I thought we weathered the storm really well, beginning of the second half. And the last half an hour, I thought we were excellent. Pegged them back, back pressed them, had majority of possession second half, pushed them back and created chances big chances and we created the pressure. I thought they looked nervy but then of course we, we send everyone up for a, to get that uh, equaliser and then uh, they get that goal. Were there times in the game where you were hanging on? Yeah, beginning of second half especially, the first ten minutes there. We, were, <laughs> we weathered the storm really well though. Uh, David, fantastic performance today. Um, but after them ten minutes I thought we uh, we took the game to them and we created chances, big chances, and we created a pressure on them. How concerned were you that that second goal, at the times it was, was going to be given? No, it couldn't be given. Absolutely. If you, if you need VAR to do that, then you don't handle the situation as well as you should have on a big uh, game, a stadium like this. So, clear foul. I wasn't really concerned. You gave it your best shot, but 30 points between you and Liverpool now. What's that say about where the two clubs are right now? Well, I think they've they've stamped their authority on the game and uh, leading leading the league deservedly. They're, they're playing they're the most direct team in the league. They do put teams under pressure, play them long balls, second balls, it's corners. They, they put everything at you, and it's you've got to concentrate at the back. Uh, it's not like they carve you open. They really play through us. I think today was a miles better performance than. Um, a year ago here. When we spoke to you before the game and asked you about Marcus Rashford, you said don't expect to see him before the international break. That's nine weeks away. Is it a stress fracture? I didn't say international break, did I? <laughs> He's uh, suffered a bad injury, yeah. He's, uh... is it, sorry, Ollie, is it, I need to be clear. Is it a stress fracture, a double stress fracture of his back? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a stress fracture that it happened against Wolverhampton and, uh, and it's not something that... Uh, uh, has happened before. Is that is that the one uh, there and then? So un- unlucky for uh, Marcus. He'll be out for a while for us here. Yeah. Is it more likely to be months than weeks? <laughs> yeah, he he won't be back until after the mid mid season break. I don't know how long it is. I'm not the doctor, but normally stress fracture is six weeks to to heal, uh, and then he needs some recovery after that or rehab after that probably. What does that do, his injury right now, in terms of your policy in this window? Does it intensify your search? Does it change anything? Well, we've had many, many injuries on big players for us this season. We've had uh, now Marcus, Anthony's been out for months, Paul's been out for half or more than half the season, Scott's been out for months. So it's just an unfortunate situation we're in. Um, it might be because of the window is open. We might look at some short-term uh, deals as well. And uh, that could take us through the, uh, until the summer. Do you think you desperately need to get a striker in right now, though? <laughs> desperately? No, not desperately. Of course, we've, uh, we're looking at numbers as well, because we, we have had many injuries. So uh, if the right one's there and it'll fit, fit for us, we can buy. If there's loans available, it might be possible. But uh, 
Uh, I've got players here as well that uh, are chomping at the bit. Thanks, Ollie. Cheers. As we heard, Rashford is out. There's a little complicated, a bit of a grey area as to how long. Henry Winter from The Times is reporting two to three months out. Solskjaer there said the mid-season break, which is mid-February, that would only be three weeks. So, not sure. Either yeah. way, yeah. that is a huge blow. It's a massive blow to the football club and to Marcus Rashford, the form he's in, Rebecca. 14 Premier League goals, the most goals he's ever got in, in, in the Premier League and, and flying at the moment. It's almost like taking Roberto Firmino out of Liverpool's team, the best player, the, the key player, and saying, you know, go on with the rest of the season. It's a massive blow for Manchester United and they might have to go into the transfer market. It might force them into bringing somebody in, even if it's a, it's a loan between now and the end of the season. They've still got a chance at top four. You think about recent attacking players for United and the players that have left. Alexis has gone. Romelu Lukaku has gone. Paul Pogba is out of the picture right now. In terms of attacking quality on this team over the last season or so, it really has dwindled. So to get an injury to, to, to Rashford is a disaster, really. And then Martial. Keep going back to Martial. You know, he... he if he's not the guy to be, have the personality to lead this front line in the absence of others, then they have got to get somebody. Now, it's difficult, we know, in January. But that position, given the players that's left over the last season or so, it's got to be a priority for Man United. He is still young, but he's the most experienced of yeah. the yeah. Young, young front yeah. three, isn't he, Anthony Martial? Been there certainly a while, four and a half years at Manchester United. That does it for this edition of the Premier League on NBC Podcast. Be sure to check out other episodes where you'll get a collection of our most spirited in-studio debates as well as exclusive on-site access. Plus, don't miss out on Premier League mornings on weekends at 7 a.m. Eastern on NBCSN. I'm Rebecca Lowe. Bye for now. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.